Welcome to Behavior Grooves, the podcast that explores human behavior through a behavioral science lens. I'm Kurt Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. Behavioral Grooves is the podcast where we cover why we do what we do with researchers, authors, and practitioners in a conversational setting. And we do this for one singular purpose. We want to bring those insights to you. And when Tim and I think about behavioral insights, we tend to look at researchers and authors, people who have put a lot of time and effort to understand a particular component of why we do what we do. As in like scholarship, right? Yeah, that's that's a great word for it, Tim. Most of them get their great ideas from actually doing the field research or reading lots of studies conducted by others. But there are others who learn from the school of hard knocks, the place where trial and error gets mixed with their raw DNA and a healthy dose of context. The school of hard knocks can present a lot of learning opportunities, at least if you have the right perspective, Tim. Ah, yes. And perspective is really central to our discussion with our guest in this episode. Paul Ciarto is a serial entrepreneur who built his success by paying attention while attending the School of Hard Knocks. Mm. And he did, what he did was really able to focus on amazing things and get amazing things done. Yeah. Paul reminds us that expectations and framing are incredibly powerful psychological tools. Paul talks about goals as milestones on the journey, not ends in and of themselves. He talks about entrepreneurs' blind spots and how they fail because they didn't get the right people with the right talents on board to build their business. And he reminds us that the most challenging thing to do in times of chaos is to focus on something meaningful, something beyond the current chaos and that current challenge, and something that will help us down the road. Well, we hope that you enjoy this conversation with Paul Groovers. And if you do, please take a minute to drop us a note, give us a rating, even leave us a review. These little acts of kindness give Kurt and me the fuel that's necessary to keep pushing through our own challenging times. And it literally helps other people find behavioral grooves when they're looking for a good podcast on behavioral science. We encourage you to sit back and relax with a hefty pour of Just Do It. Enjoy our conversation with Paul Ciardo. Welcome, Paul Ciardo, to Behavioral Grooves. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's good to have you. Yeah, we're excited. We, we you know, this is a it was a recommendation from from Gleb, and so we are really kind of interested in 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 talking with you. But as always, we start with a speed round. So I'm going to start with the first question: coffee or tea? Do you prefer coffee or prefer tea? It's tea. Tea. Good answer. Oh, you oh, have some. All right. I, I've actually never tried coffee. You and Tim. Me too. You guys are like, <laughs> like lost lost brothers from a different mother or something. I don't know. I very, very few people in the world that have ever said they never had coffee. And and I'm one of them. So we are a rare breed, Paul. Yeah, I love, love it. Love it. Um, okay, second, second speed round question. Would you prefer to travel on a fixed itinerary or no itinerary at all? 100% fixed. A hundred percent down yeah. to like what you're doing, you know, in the yeah, morning. Yeah, I'm all about time, efficiency, and impact generation. And if you're on a, 
you know, unfixed schedule, um, you know, impact is uh, nebulous. So <laughs> yeah, bathroom breaks. Would you would you schedule bathroom breaks even? Uh, no, pee when you got to pee. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's so. good to know. That's good to know. You don't have to hold it until 3 p.m. And then right, I can right? then I can I can take those five minutes. All right. <laughs> Donuts or apples? Oh, wow. This is a good one. Um, I will. I'm going to just be honest and say donuts because uh, every morning I have to get my Dunkin Donut. So oh, uh, I think I think our research, Mary, might have, have, have uncovered something there. So tell <laughs> me, what is this? Uh, is this just an addiction? Is it just a, a, like donuts are just awesome? What, what, where is this? You know something? I mean, life is short and, um, you know, I, you can eat apples all day, but a, a, a nice chocolate frosted, maybe marble <laughs> frosted donut that's, Man. you know, that's not overcooked. It's soft. It's got that that perfect feel in the mouth and flavor. Yeah. I mean, donuts all the way. All right. But you, well said. I, that was the, the most compelling. You convinced me. I am, I'm, I'm going to have donuts every morning from now on. I'm just, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, what the hell, right? Um, okay. So it, so this is kind of a speed round question, but yeah. some goals are really, really hard, right? Mm-hmm. Is it really true that every goal that you set should be worth all the effort required to achieve it? Um. So here's the thing. I mean, a goal is a step forward. So that's that's the big picture behind a goal. So we have to stop overthinking goals that there has to be this this magnitude, this mountain of achievement. It's just a step forward. So it's a a goal is, you know, getting out of bed. So a goal is taking a step. So, I mean, you know, you just have to keep your mindset around small goals versus large goals and small ones impact large ones. Okay. So tell us about how you see the differences between small goals and, and large goals and where they fit. Well, yeah, the, the thing is, I think I think the world is is uh, we're all about stressing ourselves and creating pressures, uh, uh, you know, on top of pressures and so on and so on. Everyone is fixed on setting goals. Okay, so and here's the thing: I get you know when we started the conversation, you said fixed schedule or non-fixed schedule, and I believe in progression. So the thing is, being an entrepreneur, being you know a uh, master of the business of life is all about progression. So it's generating impact with every step we take. Having a fixed goal. So let's say one of my goals is to, you know, eventually be president one day, right? But think about this. If I don't become president, am I going to be stressed out? Am I going to be depressed? Probably not. However, all of the steps that I'm going to take to actually help me help support that, accelerate that, those are all achievements. Those are grand achievements. So that's what I'm going to celebrate. I'm not going to just celebrate the end state. And most people think goal is a, it's actually an end in the roadway. A goal is a, a major accomplishment. However, it's actually a stepping stone to the, to the next achievement. So, so are you taking goals from a perspective of it's, it's a directional component? So it's like that North star here. I'm, I'm, I'm setting out to achieve this and that achievement is the goal that I'm aiming for, but it's giving me a direction as opposed to hanging my, you know, everything on the fact that I need to achieve that. If I'm moving in the right direction, I'm I'm going to be achieving pieces as we're moving towards it. And that's what you need to celebrate and rejoice and think about. Is that a yeah, let's actually yeah. let's actually like uh, dice, unpack this a little bit because I th- I think goal is a fixed term. It's you know it's yeah. it's fixed. This is what I'm trying to achieve. This is my goal. 
For me, goals are the broader picture of achieving impact within life. So for example, Mm. my goal is to be healthy. My goal is to continue stepping forward. My goal is to be financially sound and wealthy. You know, my goal is to support those around me. I mean, those are actually goals where if, you know, if I'm achieving that with, you know, small steps or broad steps, I mean, I'm accomplishing the goal as a whole versus I'm going to be an accountant one day. Okay, Mm. how about this? How about this? Focus on learning the trade of accounting and focus on building wealth and prosperity around learning the trade of accounting. If you become accountant, great, great. It's another stamp towards achieving a broad, you know, uh, you know, umbrella goal, you know? So that's kind of how I see goals versus, you know, these fixed milestones in life that you have to achieve and everybody stresses out when they don't achieve it. Well, and you're interested in the psychological aspects of this too, correct? Right? Yeah. So your work has been is primarily in operations and entrepreneurship and startups and things like that. But you're bringing a, a sort of a behavioral science, a psychological Heavy, heavily, perspective yeah. on this, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Uh, tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, so, so human psychology is uh, is the foundation of achievement. And too many organizations focus on the functional aspects of you know organizational success, such as you know, accounting, if this is, you know, if this is fixed, and again, accounting is very fixed. However, there's a foundation that is far beyond that, the behavioral sciences, the psychology of the, you know, 80% of your success of an organization is human capital. So if you're not progressing human capital and progressing the psychology of human capital on how to take those steps towards having a sound financial, you know, functional group within your organization, guess what, you've already failed. You know, so it's it's not just about the digits. It's about the, you know, the the reasoning behind the digits. You know, it's not just the what, it's the how, it's the when, the why. You know, it's the who behind that achievement. So, yeah, behavioral science, I think, is the foundation of everything we do. Um, I think people take for granted that, you know, oh, it's just going to get done. Here's the, here's the milestone, just go get it done. I mean, I think mm. if you take a look at the, the, you know, the pandemic, you know, the past two years, you know, organizations focused on, you know, again, functional aspects of success versus the psychological and the human capital aspects that support success. I mean, people were going through, you know, a a drastic psychological change. I mean, with, you know, depression, you know, anxiety, you know, all of these changes are influencing how people succeed and support success of organizations. And instead of just throwing money at, uh, you know, a, a fire pit, they should have looked at, you know, how do we how do we now support our resources? How do we do this? I mean, that should have been the first call of action. So from a behavioral standpoint. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good perspective that we tend to over-index, I think, from organizations, at least some of the organizations that I work in, on those functional pieces as opposed to the inputs from the human side of things that need to get that done. If I just put this new software in, that will solve all of the issues. And you got to go, but how there's people that are using that software and how are they going to integrate with it? Not just from an user experience piece, but just from how is that fitting into their larger piece of the work that they're doing and a number of other factors that go into this. So um, I think that's really key. 
I always look at organizations from a, a PPT approach, people process technology. I mean, technology, we buy it, we install, we implement. You know, processes we build to ensure that our human capital adheres to leveraging certain workflow steps, progression steps, you know, communication steps, and the usage of technology to actually help them advance. Now, the again, the broad and first variable there is people. So organizations lack the investment in people. You know, I think organizations like Facebook, Google, Microsoft these days are are now trying to amplify and really support the infrastructure of people and human psychology. And what they're finding is that, you know, that model of GAF economics and human progression is now supporting, you know, how their organizations are truly thriving. And how does this apply to, or or do, let me ask it this way. Do you think about applying these, this people process and technology differently to startups than to organizations that are thriving and ongoing? No, no. I mean, it's, Again, it's a most organizations fail not because they don't have the right processes or technology. They fail because they haven't invested in the right people mm. and the methodologies behind the people. So, and the support for the people. The majority of organizations that I've worked with, I would say, you know, right away you can see, of course, there's technology challenges, of course, there's process challenges. But the foundation is built on people. And what I find, uh, you know, myself and my team really supporting is the people aspect of organizational development and, and transformation. Entrepreneurs, and, and if we think about this, you know, it's, it's like the, 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 we're looking at a spectrum between startup and, you know, organizations that seem to be stable. Uh, organizations that seem to be stable have mm-hmm. pockets of, you know, challenges throughout their entire organization. They, they just have capital and cash flow that allows them to sustain beyond, you know, you know, they weather the storm of chaos, you know, so that's the key thing. Can you give us an example of this? This is cool. I love this idea of the lack of investment in people is is, is primary. Can you give us an example, walk through a, a, a scenario with us to point to the problem as well as possible way of dealing with it. Yeah, let's 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 talk about a startup, right? A startup how does a startup typically form, right? You have an idea and I go, "Wow, I I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to have an I have a great idea." So the first problem is they try to proceed with bringing the idea to market. You know, they fail to have a plan, they fail to have infrastructure, they fail to have people, resources around them to actually support the process of progression. So right there, I mean, any entrepreneur, and this is if you have entrepreneurs that are listening, if you're an entrepreneur out there, you need a team. You can't do it alone. You need mentorship. You need infrastructure. You need people power. And too many times, the entrepreneur thinks they are the CEO or the CFO or this or that. So that's the first people problem. You're not everything. You're not a jack of all trades. You are the idea creator. That's it. All right. So you're the idea creator. Now you have to go find a team of people to help you. And with entrepreneurs, which is actually, you know, quite frustrating, the first people they turn to is who? Their friends and their family. <laughs> so so Mike has got a great idea. He's gonna go to Bob and say, Bob, we've been together since grade school. You and I were gonna go, you know, rule the world together. Now, the reality is Bob is a mechanic. He's not a technician. Bob has no clue what you're doing, but Bob's loyal. I want Bob on my team because I love Bob. And the thing is, what I find is people select people because we're all, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization. And the thing is, we all want to be, you know, recognized as great. We want to be recognized as doing a good job. And the, the fact is, most entrepreneurs suck. They stink. 
they don't do it right, you know? And most people just need to understand that it takes more than just hiring your friend, Bob, you know, and that's actually falls into larger organizations. And, you know, instead of going through the methodical process of planning, selection, and proper quantification and qualification of the right resources to do the right jobs, we're too busy hiring our friends, our families, or, or meeting some political, you know, driven agenda. So it's like, so that is what I'm talking about from a people standpoint. You know, you need to quantify, not just qualify, because Bob's a good guy. You need to quantify how Bob is actually going to impact your bottom line and progress your organization. I think that's really uh, an important component there, particularly, as you said, entrepreneurs, even as you said, even within larger organizations, it's it's like you we hire people who are like us and not necessarily the people that are appropriate for the needs that we need to solve. Yeah. And therefore, that's part of it. I want to go a little bit different because you, you're uh, in the process of writing a book uh, on mindset never broken coming out at some point here. And, and we'll make sure our readers know about that, our listeners know about that when that comes out. But help us understand how mindset plays into success within an organization and, and what is a never broken mindset. So, so the philosophy of the never broken mindset is to really not allowing yourself to be psychologically or fin or financially broken. Okay, so it's it's a you know I come from a pretty tough background. You know, if you've done your research, you know that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have you know all of the guidance and all of the you know any. I really had nothing handed to me. I was in the military at 17 years old, and the thing is, what I learned was. Uh, through chaos, we have one of two options. We have an option. Option A is to allow the chaos to continually break us down, you know, to allow it to break you down to a point where you can't, you can't do anything. You know, you can't progress. You can't step forward. You don't believe in yourself. You have no confidence. And you start relying upon social structures and others around you to, to just survive another day, to just live another day. I mean, that's not surviving. That's not living. That's not thriving. So, you know, the first aspect is you can't allow that. You have to see every moment of chaos, you know, challenge as a stepping stone because, you know, we all have two hands. We all have a mind. We all can progress. And the reality is whether you're in an abusive relationship, whether you are struggling financially, whether you, you know, you, you can't find a job, the reality is you can. You can. There is a path to success. You actually have to invest the time. You have to in invest your time and you have to find the path. The path is always there. You just have to start looking. You know, you have to train your mind to see beyond just the chaos attacking you, trying to put you down. And then the other aspect is the financial aspect. So it's like, the reality is, I mean, I know people that live on, you know, a couple bucks a day that, you know, they, they're ho they're homeless, you know, that I've, I'm, I try to help, you know, I try to help them progress. And they've, some people make the choice not to go down that path. But the reality is, there's infrastructure out there that you can live off of dollars per day. All right. And what you need to do is you need to allow yourself to be content with a needs and wants mindset. You know, there's certain things you need. So you build your life around certain things you need. And then you have to be uh, willing and able to accept the financial base of where you are in life. You know, you can't sit here every day and say, oh, I wish I had the Lamborghini. Stop focusing on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have and really optimize what you have. And guess what? If you do that, you're going to start progressing. You're going to start realizing, wow, 
I really don't need much to live. You know, I can I can do it with this. This is great because that supports your psychological confidence and your ability to survive and progress. I grew up with nothing, you know, and today I I live a, a you know a great life. We have a, a lot of money in the bank, <laughs> so we do well. I don't have to work. And the thing is, I live as if I have no money. I wear my free T-shirts from colleges. I walk around in my twenty-five-year-old jeans. It's like it's like, hey, I'm not here to be more than what I uh, I, I believe I am. So, well, it, it it brings up a lot of work that has been done on gratitude, right? This idea that if we are expressing gratitude for what we have, as opposed to looking out for things that we we want to have that our lives actually get better from that, that gratitude yeah. journals are, are key, but this just the, the mindset of coming yet with a, a sense of gratitude about your life and thinking through what it is that I have that I can be grateful for, whether it be my yeah. relationships, whether it can be, you know, I got to eat a decent meal today, yeah. whether it yep. can be, I got, a, I'm, you know, living in Minnesota and I have heat and it's really good. Yeah. So yeah. I can be very grateful for that. So I think that falls into what you're saying here to a certain degree. Yeah, you know what's really sad, Kurt, is that social media and access to, you know, the social communities has really damaged the mindset because what we're doing is we we, we see what others have or what they present that they have. And, mm-hmm. there, and 99% of it is false. Um, and the thing is, what's happening is we feel we're not good enough. If we can't, if we don't have the right iPhone, if we don't have the right clothing or the sneakers or the car, we feel low. We feel very low. And we're like, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I be like that social media, you know, superstar? The reality is they're struggling just like you. It's yeah. all fake. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's designed to get you to follow them so they can get your dollar per day. I love this kind of uh, this gratitude, this almost Buddhist like comfort and peace, uh, tranquility thing you've yeah. got going. Does that translate into what's on your playlist these days? Uh, playlist <laughs> as far as uh, music. What you, yeah, what are you listening to? Is are you like all about you know peace and? Oh, Tim, that was that was a really that a good really segue? bad transition there. I'm just gonna have to say, I you know you, you usually do better, but anyway, <laughs> Paul, tell us what you're listening to. From a music standpoint, I actually really like orchestra. I like, um, you know, just, you know, piano. Um, I listen to, I have Sirius XM and I listen to Coffee House, which is just a broad array of just kind of soothing type music. Should be called Tea House for you, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> right, there you go. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, and do you listen to music while you work? I could actually do anything while I work. I, could, I have three kids, sometimes four, and I could have like them jumping all around and chaos around me. And I, I will go into hyper focus mode. And uh, but no, I, I don't listen while I work. But if it's on it, there's zero distraction. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Paul, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. We are really grateful for the conversation. And thanks for sharing your insights. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Welcome to our grooving session where Tim and I groove on what we learned from our conversation with Paul, have a free-flowing conversation, and talk about whatever else comes into our messed up, chaotic, entrepreneurial brains. Isn't that the case? We, it's all of that in there. All of that. But what's nice is that Paul was able to kind of put a little bit of a framework around all that stuff and say, hey, it's not just trial and error that He's already done a bunch of the trial and error. And so here are things that you can learn from that 
And I think what's really interesting to me is again, this is, he's kind of an accidental behavioral scientist. The stuff yeah, that he's doing yeah. is because he's found that it's work. It works. Right. But the, the science behind it is there. There's science about mindset, growth, learning, progression. Um, there's mindsets about goals and how you structure goals and, you know, this idea of collaboration and so, and, you know, social elements of this. And, you know, he doesn't get into the details of some of the science behind it, but it's there. You know, there's a, a phrase that we use in, in English language of mind over matter, which is kind of, um, you know, kind of a willpower sort of a story. But I think Paul is like mindset over matter. Mm. He's like, if you can kind of adopt the right mindset, that that's really the key to kind of moving forward. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think you're absolutely right. And we've actually talked with some people, and I know you and I have both found mindsets to be very interesting elements of this. And I mean, I, I think of, uh, you know, Alia Crum and and some of her work with the milkshake studies and how, yeah. how, you know, your mindset, your expectations about something actually not just impact how you think about it, but how your body responds to those types of things. And I think what Paul is, is showcasing here is that we really, the mindset that we take into something has a huge impact on the output that we get. And that, if we just, if that's the one lesson people get from this, I think it's a very valuable lesson. Yeah. And and one of the ways he does that is to adopt uh, a mindset around progress. We could call it a growth mindset or a learning mindset or a progress mindset. Or, or a groove mindset. Maybe. We could absolutely. <laughs> finding that groove that you want to get into and you're continually growing and expanding and learning all of those things wrapped up into one mindset called groove the groove mindset absolutely it, it, it's this his ability to kind of focus on how i'm doing to look backwards and and adopt that as dan pink would say the at least mm. rather than the if only kind of mindset, right? That this allows him to look at progress that stimulates motivation, which is especially purposeful and appropriate when we're kind of in the dark days of our motivation, when we're, oh man, you know, it's walking through the valley of death, just keep walking. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it goes back to, you know, it's the problem of the middle, right? And so this idea that we mm -hmm. start, you know, we're launching a new company or, or entrepreneur, a new product, whatever it would be. And it's super exciting at the beginning. And it's like, yes, let's go. And you got lots of energy around it. And then time happens and the world happens and everything else happens. And it's, as you said, it's the valley of death as you're yeah. going through and you got to get through that valley of death before you can climb the mountainside on the other side. Man, we should be preachers, Tim. Well, you get 280 episodes into it and it's like, you know, how are we going to keep, we got to keep going. You know, we have to, we, you know. Are, are you saying that we're in the valley of death of our <laughs> podcast? Is that what this is? Is this, exactly. is this no. the valley and we're still not to the mountaintop without going, without having a, a bit of at least and, and reflecting on our journey and how far we've come, then I think we lose track of the spirit that got us started, right? That entrepreneurial desire that was such a wonderful spark of motivation that launched this, this crazy thing. I, I, you're absolutely right. I think that the, again, the mindset that we have about this is influencing not only how we show up every day when we do these interviews and we do these grooving sessions, but 
even on a bigger perspective of how we approach this. How are we looking at who are we interviewing? What are the things that we're going to be talking about? What do we want to achieve out of this comes from that mindset. And you're you're right. I think there's an element of that part where we are. It's like, have we achieved all the goals that we thought we would when we set this up? Probably not. Have we achieved different things? Yes, we have. But there's also that moment of stopping and looking backwards and going, holy crap, we have interviewed some of the brightest most brilliant people on this planet. Yes. And they've they've spent time with us and they've shared <laughs> valuable resources and information and insights with us and that we get to share with the listeners out there. And God, that's pretty amazing yeah. when you think about that. And so there we have been making progress. And I don't know. Well, I would loop that back to Paul. You talk about goals. And I love the way Paul talks about goals as being steps in the journey rather than just the journey's end. Now, I yell at Fishbach might have some different things to say about that. You know, we've got all these, you know, to focus on on the BHAGs, you know, the big, hairy, audacious goals, you know, that are out there, these big long-term things. But but I think Paul sort of challenges us to think about smaller goals, you know, and more specific things, the milestones, the steps along the journey. And, and what would you, know? you call those, Tim? Oh. Instead of B, BHAGs, <laughs> they would be called what? I would call them B-Pogs. B-Pogs. You have B-pogs. just invented a new acronym. <laughs> what, so what does B-Pog stand for? That would be the bite-sized, precise, objective goal. B-Pog. Yeah. So we, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it. And this is, this is coming from the, the brilliant mind of Tim Houlihan. <laughs> As he's at, as he's pulling this together, and this is no, this is at we, behavioral we, grooves headquarters. Yes, well, we <laughs> <laughs> headquarters. But no, this I I love this because it going again going back to you know Fishbach and kind of what she's talking about these aspirational goals, which are the BHAGs, and then these process or um, you know means, means goals, goals yeah. right, which are the BPOGs. Yeah. And I love this idea that you know, it's not one or the other because BHAGs in and of themselves don't necessarily give us the what I need to do every day, nor do they help us maintain the motivation uh, when we get to that ugly middle and the valley of death that we're walking through, (laughs) right? Right. But the BPOGs, those are the ones that, all right, it's bite-sized. It is precise. I have to do, it's, I can, I need to write this email today and I need right. to get it out to these 10 people and it is going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to have a very objective measure of whether or not I get that done. Or a, a better right. one is like, all right, I want to, you know, my BHAG is I want to look great in my swimsuit come summertime. All right. Fantastic. You'll do it. I'm sure you will. Yeah, well, yeah. not unless I have some BPOGs, right? These, <laughs> like, All right. That means I need to exercise. I need to get on my rowing machine, you know, for 10 minutes every morning. And I need to do that and make sure that I I do 10 minutes or more. And I need to do whatever the other bite-sized pieces in order to accomplish that. So, yeah. Gary Latham talked about that when we talked to him about uh, regardless of what you're doing in your life, whether it, it's the work as a parent or as a in a relationship or at, at, a, at a job, whether you're a dishwasher or a corporate executive, he said, 
you're just not going to get very much done without some specific goals. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, I think the BPOGs play a really important role that we have in just kind of getting through life, getting yeah. specific, getting objective, and bite-sized at the same time. And, and of course, you can just go out and do this all by yourself, right? Well, and ah, ah yes. So uh, what a, that's a, such a lovely cue because I <laughs> did, I really, really loved how Paul talked about this idea that you you can't just do it all yourself. Now, regardless of how much agency we have as individuals, we really thrive. We humans thrive when we are working with other people. Well, right? and, and you think about it from an entrepreneurial perspective, and we'll, I'm going to go back to, you know, we haven't released this episode yet, but, you know, we just, we had a conversation with John List who talking about, you know, the voltage effect mm. and this idea of scalability and, yep. and you can't scale with one, right? I mean, it's very difficult unless you're in a very precise, you know, technological thing where you can do pieces, but in vast majority of times you need to work with others and those others need to be the appropriate people that are going to get you to where you need to go. So so not your brother-in-law? Your brother-in-law could be perfect if indeed they are the right person. But yeah, not if they were indicted for, you know, wire fraud or something like that. <laughs> they wouldn't be the right person to be the CFO of your new company. Yeah, well, and the, the idea here is understanding Again, what that BHAG is that you're trying to do and then filling in, you are going to be good at certain parts of that. It's this breaking down what are your skill sets, where is your wheelhouse that you can operate best in, and then outsourcing you know, the other pieces to other people or to other ways of doing things to make sure that you are leveraging your skill set to its maximum and leveraging other people's skill set to that their maximum that's entrepreneurship you know otherwise you can just be a individual contributor and you can be a 1099 person who is just going out and doing gigs that's fine it's fine if that's what you want but if you want to grow a business and build a business you have to get the right people on the buses i forget who made that silly little thing you know I don't know. Right people just, on the bus. I forget. That was some business book from the 80s. I'm thinking of a children's song that says the wheels on the bus go round and round. Wheels on the bus go <laughs> round and round, round and round, yeah, yeah. round and round. Yeah. Right. Saying that to our kids. Uh, okay. So what, we, you've, you mentioned chaos a couple of times. I did. You did. And the valley of death. I, I think that was my. <laughs> was I was going to say, I'd mentioned valley <laughs> of death. I don't remember chaos, but that's okay. I've, I, I've been known to be wrong in the past once. I don't even I don't even remember that one time. So I don't know. If it, did it really happen? It oh really, my god! Are you just once imagining times a million? But yes. All right. No, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going off tangents. I want to get your reflections on chaos. You know what? What did you? Because Paul, he's lived a life where there were definitely times when he had some chaos going on in his life. Yeah, I mean, and, and his life journey is one that is about overcoming chaos or overcoming hardships, overcoming roadblocks that for many people would have, you know, just sent them in a whole different path. And I liked his idea again. It's this idea of mindset. How do you, how do you approach Mm. this? What's the mindset that you have coming in? Is it the one that, all right, I can dwell on the chaos and the shit that's happening to me right now, or I can look and say, 
what will be, uh, you know, if I look out, uh, I can get through this. I can look beyond this. I can, yeah. I can take lessons from this and I can build that into who I am and what I do. And that's a much better way of approaching that. It gets into, you know, people have these traumatic experiences. We, we all heard of, you know, PSTD, right? But there's also post-traumatic growth, right? Which has been another area where people who have yeah. gone through, not everybody, and, and, and not to discount the trauma that people face and PSTD is real, but this idea that there is opportunity and that people have demonstrated that they've gone through a traumatic thing, losing a limb, you, you know, losing a loved one, et cetera, all these various different things, you know, financial ruin yeah. and come out on the other end as a better person. And they Sometimes they'll say, I, I would not trade that negative experience for anything. Yeah. Right? And and some sometimes, well, certainly a part of that is agency, right? This sense of I can do it, or at least in, in Paul's um, way of talking about it, it's looking beyond, mm-hmm. right? It's the ability to kind of see that no matter where you are at today, the whatever you're living through is going to be a yesterday. It's going to be something in the past. And, and I kind of like this frame of thinking about, Wherever you're at on the journey, there's going to be something else ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And so so there's that. But the, the PTSD thing is going to happen to some people and agency can get us through it. But Paul also says, and I think this is important, the tribe matters. Like the relationships you have with people who can help build you th- you know, out of that situation, whether it's a business challenge of finding the right business advisors, or if it's relationship based and it's finding the right, you know, family and friends to, to support you. Yeah. Build the right uh, network. Having, having the best co-host ever for a podcast. I, mean, I will never walk through the valley of death with with a co-host like you. Well, the same never. here. I mean, that's just it. It is this, this idea that, you know, I, I fully agree. And so, well, I don't know where we can go from that. So, so Groovers, I think that wraps up this time for this discussion. I'm, I'm glad you took the time to listen to this insightful practitioner talk about his journey as an entrepreneur. Yeah, we hope that you found some nuggets in Paul's very straight talk in the way that you think about goals as part of your process rather than just a destination. Maybe think about BHAGs and BPOGs. Mm-hmm. As I think were. you ought to trademark that, Tim. I think that's uh, that's going on. It's already yeah, done. It's all right. Copyrighted. There you yeah, go. Copyrighted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't even think about it. I'm just saying. And you know, he also talked about how important it is for us to rely on others in our journey. And I think that that's a whether regardless of how much agency we have as individuals, it's also good to have a good network. Well, and and I think that Paul emphasized the importance of adopting a mindset that helps you through your life yeah. with. Whatever journey you're on, wherever part of that journey on you're on, right? That you you might need a mindset of creativity or you might need a mindset of being calm when faced with chaos. You might have that big mindset for all of us would be about maybe growth and learning and being in a groove mindset that we can yeah. you know, be a better version of ourselves. And so that's, I think, is really key. Uh, agreed. And so in keeping with that mindset, we hope that you listeners have a mindset that helps you find your groove. And with that, thanks for listening. 